I am endlessly creative and yearning for connection. I think that that really embodies who I am. I, I, I love to feel connected with each day. And my life's mission statement that I always say is life is too short to wait to fall in love, mm-hmm. whether that's with a career, a passion project, another right. person or yourself. Don't wait to fall in love. And it's not about finding you know, a partner. It's about finding that dream career and loving your every day and not wasting time to find those things that bring you joy. Welcome to the Filipino on the Rise podcast, where I spotlight Filipino women doing big things and making an impact. I'm Crystal Fabella, and I aim to promote Panay excellence, empower my community through our stories while telling the world about us, but celebrating what it means to be a Filipina. Today, we have a very special guest, Kayla Quinn Barello. When I started this podcast and dreamt big, I told myself one of the Filipinas I'd have on one day was Kayla, and here she is. Kayla is a celebrity reality star and content creator most known for her time on The Bachelor season 20 in 2016, where she made it to a coveted top three spot and is now a beloved icon of Bachelor and Reality TV Nation. She's a proud Filipina where her mother is Filipina and her dad is of Irish, German, and Swiss descent. She graduated from Boston College, lived in New York City, and is now in Austin, where I live, now happily married to her husband. Kayla is extremely active on social media where you can check her out at Kayla Quinn and you'll immediately see her personality that really made her stand out to me and the rest of the nation as an ever optimistic and hopeful attitude. If you're not a fan or a watcher of The Bachelor, you've probably heard of The Reality Show, which is the largest dating show running for 20 years where contestants vie for the heart of the main bachelor or bachelorette. But until recently, they've always had little diversity. Few women of color had graced the show, let alone Southeast Asian women, let alone making it close to the end. I personally never watched it until 2016 when my cousin Charlene said, you know who you remind me of? This girl, Kayla from The Bachelor. She's so adorable. She's Filipino and she actually made it to the final three. I'd never watched it before, but this was enough to intrigue me. Who was this girl, Kayla, and what was she about? What really got me excited was that there was a Filipino girl on a massive national reality show that I could potentially relate to, which is if we get real, what gets us all excited about representation. When we see someone we can relate to that finally looks like us. I watched the whole season, and what really stood out to me about Kayla was her extremely warm, quirky, friendly personality and her joyousness. Even if she got dogged on by other women, she never played petty and always had an optimistic and kind demeanor, which of course were her own traits, but these were things I also felt reflected Filipino people and made me so proud. This season got me hooked. A favorite most memorable episode was Hometown Dates, where the final four get to take The Bachelor to their hometown and family and get an intimate experience of their home life and family culture. They sit around the dinner table, which has adobo and pancit, and Kayla's mother asks, have you ever met Filipinos before? To which The Bachelor, Ben Higgins, says, I don't know, I don't think so. As they sit around eating Filipino food for all of national TV to feast on, Kayla's dad, who is Caucasian, said, What comes with dating Kayla is a very special Filipino community. To have this on national TV, watched by millions, made my heart soar, and I was reminded of what representation can do. She went on to Bachelor in Paradise for the next season, where the nation watched her for another round of summer fun. Kayla later went on her own way, being a forever sweetheart of the Bachelor franchise and beyond, sharing her own journey of being a single girl in the city on her blog, being extremely vulnerable, relatable, and personal, and eventually met her now husband, and they are the absolute cutest. So since then, Kayla's always someone I looked up to for her lovely traits and a wonderful representation of being Filipina. So this is crazy, and I have to share this before we get started, because when I moved to Austin in January, I manifested two things. One, that I would speak at a podcast conference because Austin has this growing podcast community and a big reason I moved there. And then I also found out Kayla moved to Austin. So two, that I would somehow meet Kayla. And y'all, this happened all in one weekend. In May, I got invited to speak on a panel at a podcast conference, and I made friends with a girl in the audience who told me that I'd reminded her of another girl. She was Filipina and that I should have her on the podcast. She goes, do you know Kayla Quinn? She's my next door neighbor. I was floored. Seriously, this shows that anything can happen. Shortly after, Kayla reached out to me, and before I knew it, we were over at her house, having coffee, chatting, and setting up to record the podcast. Talk about full circle. 
In this episode, we talk about how to lean into the yearning of being connected to your roots of Kayla's origin story of growing up in a Filipino, German, and Swiss household while still feeling connected to both cultures through her parents. We discuss Kayla's experience on The Bachelor, the impact on her life, and how it bridged the gap of representation for so many viewers. We discuss how to navigate the journey of falling in love with yourself again and making room for the experience of being half Filipino, especially if you don't feel like you're Filipino enough. This discussion is important because knowing where you come from is a vital piece to knowing who you are. Learning about your roots and the history of your culture can provide you with a greater understanding of who you are and who you're meant to be. Kayla is an amazing example of that. We can learn so much from her willingness and desire to show Filipino culture in spaces like The Bachelor that don't typically feature the beauty of being Filipina. I'm so excited for this episode with Kayla. Here we go. Before we start, I want to read a recent written review on Apple. You know, when you write these, it makes my heart so happy and I will shout you out. This review is written by Lane Lane. She writes, this podcast has really been a space for me to reconnect to my Filipino roots when I didn't know that I needed it. I felt alienated from the community for quite some time because I've had in my mind a preconceived notion of what it means to be Filipina or not. And Filipino on the rise makes me feel like I belong. That being Filipina isn't just one thing, but that we are all on journeys striving to better ourselves and bring our full selves and represent our culture in whatever way that means. Thank you for this space. Lane Lane, thank you so much for that beautiful review. I feel like that resonates with a lot of people listening. I love you so much for it. Thank you. So if you've appreciated Philippine on the Rides in any way, I would truly love your support in two ways. One, through Patreon being a monthly donor for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation to support the show. Uh, this podcast, I love it. It takes time and energy and resource and your donations or donors help so much. Second, your five-star written review on Apple. This is so simple, but it it really helps this podcast out. Helps us get found, get sponsors, and just tells me that you want me to keep going. So when you write it, I will personally thank you on the show. Links to Patreon and the Filipino Soul Sisterhood are in the show notes. I'm so excited for this episode with Kayla. Here we go. Okay. Hello, Kayla. Hi, Crystal. I'm thanks. So excited for this. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me here in your beautiful home. No, I'm excited. This yeah. is what it's for. Yes. Tell us about where we are and what you've been designing here and kind of this like move to Austin that you've had. Of course. So we moved here about eight months ago and I feel like my soul is meant to be creative. And so I think this new chapter is all about like decorating and kind of nesting in our home and in this new life in Austin, Texas. So we've been here for about, yeah, like I said, eight months and decorating. Um, we knocked down a couple walls and it's been fun. Right. Uh, and it looks literally so beautiful in here. I feel like I walked into Joanna Gaines's home. So honored. Thank you. <laughs> I always say like in my heart, in my other life, I'm an interior designer. So well, I need to see your home next. Oh my gosh. No. Well, that, that's on our work. Yes. But next, hopefully soon. But thank you for coming on the Filipina on the Rise podcast. Thank you so much. And I actually want to start um, with just talking about this like chat we had yesterday. And I want to acknowledge you and thank you for wanting to speak out about like important issues when we can all kind of like hide a rock sometimes that you wanted to talk about what was happening in the Philippines and in a very curious and honest and introductory way, I feel like a lot of us have those questions. Yeah. Um, and we got on the call and you brought that up to me that this was something on your heart. And I think it is, it's, it's brave to just come out there and speak out on about it, especially when none of us know how to talk about it. So can you tell us like why that was important to you? Of course. No, I'm so happy that you gave me a, and I'm grateful you gave me a space to talk about it too. But I feel like, you know, we are physically disconnected from the Philippines and I'm a second generation, um, like Filipina. So I, I just feel like I am always rooting for the Philippines and rooting for this country where my mom grew up and rooting for those roots. And so hearing about this big news, I just felt like it was my calling or like, I just felt like it was heavy on my heart to talk about it just, or at least educate myself. And so that yearning to be connected is still ever present, no matter what generation you are. Yeah. That touches on what I think a lot of people can relate to who are beginning this like journey to learning about their culture, their history. It's like you beautifully said, the yearning to be connected. And I just want all of us to like 
lean into that, whatever that means, listen to your yearning to be connected. And yeah, I, it was such a good talk. If you want to check it out, it's on her Instagram live, but, uh, I want to actually start off by telling how I learned about you and yeah. introduced <laughs> to you. Thank you. Yeah. Cause, um, this is like really special to me. It's not just like, Oh, another Filipina that I can see. Yeah. Basically a few years ago, my cousin, she was like, Oh, you need to watch this show bachelor. Cause there's a girl <laughs> Kayla on there. You guys kind of have the same hair yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and she's Filipina and I never really tuned into the show, but I started watching it. And I think that's what I felt really like connected to it and started following it. But the point being, is that seeing your face on there and seeing that when there's not a lot of diversity sometimes, mm. um, it just, it was really in a weird way, like kind of inspiring to see you on the show and root for you because it like showed people that look like me um, can have a place in spaces like that can, and honestly, like, I don't know if y'all watched The Bachelor um, it's not easy to make it to the end and seeing <laughs> Kayla like make it really like to, to the end um, and then be on for longer. What it said to me is like people that look like me, like us are deserving of a love story. Yeah, you, <laughs> we all are. I agree. So I just like want you to know it's not even <laughs> like, oh, it's about the show and whatnot. It's, it really felt like we have, a, we have you to look at and feel like, we're kind of a part of this journey and we can be part of a love story too. So thank you for, for coming on. Can you tell me about like what, I guess being on there meant for you? And did you know that it was going to draw so many like followers who were of our background too? Um, of course, you know, it was six years ago that I did the show and I am a hopeless romantic as I think many Filipinos are. And I thought that this would be like the ultimate love story. And um, going on, I didn't think about what I looked like, mm -hmm. but being there it and being in that group, it was a little more present and it yeah. kind of hit home as soon as I started mm -hmm. filming in the show. Really? Well, because I was the, you know, right. I was one of two, two girls who were Asian American out of 30. Yeah. And, and I, as I got, I filmed for three months, so I got to the final three. And as we got later on into the show, I, I remember the producer saying, Oh, you know, next week is hometown dates. What do you want to show about your background and your family? Yeah. And I remember I didn't get to speak to my parents, but my parents were like, it's really important to us that we show your Filipino culture. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I said yes. the same. I was like, mom, please cook chicken adobo, sinagang, like all these things because people that. don't know, you know, or aren't, aren't exposed. And there are many different types of mm -hmm. Asian cuisine. And I think sometimes we get lumped and that always makes me sad. And so I really wanted to be specific in what makes our culture amazing and beautiful mm -hmm. and, and start with food, because I think that that's kind of an easy love language. Yeah. And so as soon as I was filming with my mom and, and bringing, you know, Ben was our lead, bringing him and the crew to our house, I did feel so excited to welcome them all in into what, into our Filipino culture. So that felt really impactful. And I couldn't wait for that episode to air because it was very meaningful to me yeah. and my mom. You have no idea the, like the excitement. Yeah. Puts, you know, like Filipinos are just so like that person's Filipino. We just get so proud about totally. like, oh, our food, our culture, just seeing it represented because when you're like not really represented as even in Asian um, culture and stuff, the little things mean so much. hundred percent. And so watching that episode and seeing like our food and you talk about it and other people like really exploring it, it, it just, it makes us feel so proud. It does. So. And it kind of feels like there's a, you're bridging a gap that used to be so big yeah. and, and it yeah. just felt one step closer right. in the right direction. So it was so exciting. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I have felt so humbled and grateful to connect with other Filipinos, other Asians, Vietnamese, all these different cultures through social media, because I feel like we have all grown up feeling that something was missing or feeling underrepresented. And so I remember there was a season before me, um, that where there's, uh, I don't know if you watch Juan Pablo season, but mm -hmm. there was a opera singer, her name is Charlene Joint, yeah. and she was, um, Asian American as well in Hapa. And I remember looking up to her. So I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have thought I could do it too. Wow. And so it's kind of a trickle effect. It, it totally is. It's domino effect for sure. Like, like I said, I read when I messaged you, I was like, just seeing you on there, it kind of made me feel more empowered to like, right. Go big, like yes. go for the dream. You could own you a know? podcast. Yeah. You could be the face of something. And I think that right. that's amazing. Yeah. So never underestimate, um, the role that you hold of just putting yourself out there and being in a space where you don't see a lot of yourself, but like that opens the door for so many other people. So thank you for that. Of course. Yeah. But anyways, the question I always start with is in your own words, who is Kayla Quinn Borello? Yes. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. And what is your current mission in this season? Um, I am endlessly creative and yearning for connection. I think that that really embodies who I am. I, I, I love to feel connected with each day. And my life's mission statement that I always say is life is too short to wait to fall in love, mm -hmm. whether that's with a career, a passion project, another right. person or yourself, don't that. wait to fall in love. And it's not about finding, you know, a partner. It's about finding that dream career and loving your every day and not wasting time to find those things that bring you joy. Mm. And so sometimes I'm willing to cut things out that don't bring joy and, or to put pause on things because you need to do what's right to protect your heart, protect your soul and live your life. Like, like this is it yeah. for yeah. today. I love that. And it doesn't have to be about a person. Like no. you said, like fall right. in love with a project, a passion, an, a social cause or issue or, right. you know, or yourself. And honestly, I feel like you definitely embody that. Um, I don't know if anyone has followed along Kayla. If you did, you'll see like on her blogs, on your videos or just like how you present yourself. Like, I feel like there is this kind of love and, and enthusiasm for for like the good things in life or like positivity. Thank you. And you, I appreciate that you like really emit uh, and radiate, I guess, like optimism and hope for life. And I feel like that's something special <laughs> about like our culture. Too. Yes. A hundred percent. I think so. <laughs> and I, I, I get, I, I feel it in my roots. I feel it in my soul yeah. that like there is this yeah. positivity, a hope and a joy that comes with yes. our Filipino culture and just like celebrating the good, no matter what is happening mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in life. Yeah, definitely. Um, I heard someone say once that like, you can tell Filipinos because like out of all the Asian ethnicities, Filipinos <laughs> kind of have this spark in their eye. Yeah. Sparkle. And I was like, yes, that's so right. I love that. I love that. That's so true. And I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. Tell us about your upbringing. Where did you grow up? And I'd love to learn about your family and how Filipino culture played a role in that if it did or didn't. Of course. Um, so I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. My mom moved there with her family from the Philippines um, in the 70s. And if you guys know Cleveland, Ohio, there's a really big hospital there called the Cleveland Clinic. And so there's a big Filipino community in Cleveland because everyone's a nurse, including my mom, including her five brothers, all my aunts, uncles, cousins, everyone's, everyone is a nurse. Um, but basically kind of the roots of my family um, – tie into that migration story where in the 70s, sorry, I'm, I'm a oh, history sorry. person. Yes, <laughs> I, like, I love it. Um, but <laughs> back in the seventies, um, America awarded this lottery to the Philippines where they, um, it was like a visa lottery. And so they said every year, a hundred random Filipinos can draw. And if you win the lottery, you can move your family to the United States. And so my Lolo, my grandfather 
won the lottery and <laughs> was able to send the my Polanka family over, um, but they could only afford to send one child a year and they had six kids total. So my Lolo moved to Ohio to be with his um, family that lived there and he's an accountant. And then my Lola was in the Philippines. And then every year over six years, they would kind of like mail a child over. And mm-hmm. so that they were all separated for so long that my mom, I think it was a very confusing time because she's like, where are half of my brothers? Where's my mother? And she was the second one sent over or sent a little earlier on. And there was just like a lot of disconnect mm-hmm. and, I think missing what used to be. Mm. And she and obviously Cleveland, Ohio was snow is, is a lot different than the Philippines and the warm sun. Oh but she always used to tell me that on their layover from the Philippines to the States, they landed in Hawaii and she had a two-hour layover. She remembers getting off the plane and seeing the palm trees and the breeze. And she was like, This is America, <laughs> Papa. And um And then um, he's like, it is, but we're staying for two hours and this is a stop. And so she felt tricked because Hawaii is so magical. And so that's where her dream is to retire there one day because it's the best of the states in the Philippines to her. But um, that's a little tangent. But uh, yeah, so my mom moved to Ohio and taught herself English. And her family was very poor. She -hmm. talks about how she had like one pair of underwear for you know, middle school and high school and or like two pairs and she'd have to wash it herself. And she was a latchkey kid and she, she was the only girl with five brothers and would have to cook when she got home before her brothers did, or she would get mm. a palo, like yeah. <laughs> get in trouble. Um, and my Lola, she worked in a screw factory mm. and my Lola was an accountant. And so everyone was working and just doing their best But, um, and she was just grateful and always just, everyone just worked hard. And I am just amazed because my mother really had a different upbringing than I did. Mm -hmm. And she became a nurse because her parents told her that's what she should be, even though she loved to draw. And I think that's where I get my creative side. And she wanted to be an architect and a designer, but instead she had to do what everyone else told her to do. And so she worked to take care of her family and herself and pay her way through college. And I look at my mom now and I am kind of in awe that she's the same person. It's almost two different lives. She's lived her entire life sacrificing and and doesn't talk about the hard times anymore. Mm. It's just about appreciating the good of the now. And 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 also I guess never yeah. forgetting. She always reminds me of yeah. the old stories, but I I am just amazed by how much hard work went into their where how much right. how far they've come. And so yes, I I I feel yeah, always humbled by yeah, that. Yeah, humbled and gratitude for it. For you growing up, and you were in a mixed kind of like household then. Yeah. Uh, how much was that um, really integrated in your life? And what was like the community that you grew up in? Um, did you see a lot of like Filipino cousins or was, you right. know, what role did that play? Yeah, my, my parents were all about family. Okay. And so uh, my dad is... German, Irish, Swiss. So he's a white guy. My mom's very Filipino and they met at a bar. Uh-huh. Um, she was celebrating her nursing finals and her and her friends, all these Filipinos were like, who's this white guy dancing near us? And he won her over. Anyway, um, growing up, I think my parents did a really good job just making us feel connected with both sides mm-hmm. of the family. So, you know, Christmas we would spend with one and Thanksgiving the other and we swap. And so I saw my Filipino cousins a lot. I think we had 20 of them and we always had karaoke nights, um, Mm -hmm. cooking late into the night and playing games. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I had a little bit of, I had a good balance of both. I feel like those are the cultural touches that a lot of us, especially me in the States are used to. That's what we associate with like being Filipino, like right. the, the parties, the cousins, the, the food and karaoke. 
And it doesn't come until later when you're when you ask, like, what does it mean for me to have this heritage and background and begin that journey, which is a lot of what listeners are here doing and like why they tune into the podcast of like, you know, I I was surrounded with these little aspects of Filipino culture. And now I just really want to know what it means to me and why I should be proud, which is why I love that you dig into history. Cause I always say that's where people really should start, whether that's the history of your family and I call it the origin story. I love that. Yeah. Find out your origin story. So important. And then the history of your own country. And we can get into that. It's like more like that can go on forever. But I'd really love to learn about your own like journey, let's say after, you know, you moved out and what to connect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your journey to connecting to that. Yeah. I'd love to learn also about your experience, um, auditioning and getting on the bachelor. And sure. Kind of, I know that like <laughs> you said your own mantra and motto for life is falling in love. So I would be remiss not to ask you about that part. Of course. <laughs> it's so funny as I really appreciate you even having me on here because <laughs> no one's ever asked about my Filipino culture in, in interviews. And so I, I think I'm just kind of marinating in all of the memories yeah. and, and getting lost in them. But I think it's being Hapa, being happy. I've always had this inner conflict to make both sides of my family proud. Mm. So I, in high school, I, instead of taking Spanish or French, I took German because I wanted to make my dad's white side proud. And I wanted to honor that German heritage. And so I spoke German Mm. and minored in it in college, but also the Filipino side, I have this curiosity and I felt like I wanted to know at least a foundation of where my mom came from. And so I was the treasurer of the Filipino society in college. Yes. And I did (laughs) tinikling. I did all the dances. I we need to pull up some videos. The pots on the head. I used to do Filipino pageants. I had a Maria Clara in Ohio. Oh my God. I was Miss Maria Clara in the state of Ohio. Are you serious? Cleveland chapter. Yes. Very small, but I was, I was so proud. I had Maria Clara dress and, and my wedding dress was even inspired by my Maria Clara dress. I was, and, and we included Filipino heritage in our wedding, um, with the cord and the, Mm -hmm. and everything. So I think there's this yearning to always honor that side and and I even learned the national anthem anyway ah! <laughs> um super random but I think that knowing where you come come from helps you kind of create a full identity mm-hmm. and then once you learn about where you came from you can decide who you are in the in between and the thing is you are both mm-hmm. and there's beautiful things that come from both sides of being a halfie. Yeah. And I love that. And so I'm grateful for both sides of my family. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so that, mm-hmm. and, and then from there you asked about auditioning for the bachelor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, and something transition, <laughs> something like inspiring. In life. Yeah. And like, my heart and my soul. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to find a way to connect the dots, but I, I guess there's, there's not a straight line. So I'm just going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think that you, we're in, um, I don't know what kind of, I always like to ask like, what kind of relationship girl were you? Because like, it kind of says a lot. I'm like, I, I, I tended not to date around. I didn't date a lot. If I was in a relationship, it was like one for a long time. And then I'm like single forever. Yeah. 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 So like, I'm curious for you and like what led you there? Because, um, yeah, that was like, that's a place that we didn't see a lot of like, you know, Filipinos or Asian Americans like, but kind of entering it is is, um, something, an experience I would love to learn about too. Totally. Um, yeah, there aren't many Filipinas in entertainment in television in America. And I think it's because we're umbrellaed under the term Asian. Mm -hmm. And if they fill the Asian slot, it's not like they're going to try and, and find specific Filipinas to, to represent. And so, um, Yes. I've always considered myself a hopeful romantic mm-hmm. not a hopeless romantic. <sighs> and, that. In, and with that, it, it means that I just always, like I said earlier, was yearning for connection. Mm-hmm. And so I loved going on dates, whether it, it turned into <laughs> a relationship, I just wanted the hope of maybe meeting right, some, right. someone was the exciting part yeah. and it's yeah. okay. And I think it's great to be optimistic and continue to put yourself out there because if you don't like 
you really have nothing else right, to lose. Right. Um, Imagine standing a little taller every day because you know why you feel proud to be Filipina, because you have a whole network of Filipina sisters from all industries and walks of life who are supporting you, cheering you on. You have a sisterhood you get to meet with every week. You're being mentored and empowered by industry top female Filipino leaders. This is what's happening at the Filipino Soul Sisterhood Circle. Come hang out with me and other Filipinas reconnecting with their culture and with each other. How does it work? Every month we take on a theme as it relates to connecting with our culture, our histories, decolonizing, healing, working on mental health, and finding what it means to be an empowered Filipina in this modern day. We do this through daily journal prompts, which I create for you, group meditations, workshops, community discussions, daily activities. You get access and mentored by industry top Filipino women. This is such a magical community, y'all. Hang out with me and other Filipinas every Thursday. People call it their self-care hour of the week filled with beautiful brown faces. This is where you feel seen. Honestly, just come see what it's about. Try it for a month. I hope to see you at the next Thursday session. You have a whole Filipina sisterhood waiting for you. Link is in the show notes to join. Back to the episode. But yes, when I auditioned for The Bachelor, I had just gotten out of a relationship like six months before. And that hopefulness um, kind of is what sparked the mm-hmm. the uh, audition. But basically what happened was at a Hard Rock Casino in Cleveland, Ohio, I saw that The Bachelor was doing a casting call. Mm-hmm. And I was already visiting my parents in Cleveland um, after college. And so I said, what are the chances that the audition's like 30 <laughs> right minutes there. away? In, yeah. at a casino. So I put on like my cutest cocktail dress <laughs> and it had like, it was black and white with like a little lace and I waited in line and I was so excited. Right. And I, it, I just ended a relationship like a couple months prior. And I was like, you know what? I just want to do this for me and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to go anywhere. Right. Yeah. This is just about having fun and an experience. And I remember going to the audition and actually, or go, waiting in line with 400 women. Oh my God. Half of them were in jeans and a t-shirt. And I was like, is that the best version <laughs> of yourself? Come on, ladies. We like to dress up. I mean, I feel that, yes. you know, yes. and I was like, of course I'm going to put a cocktail dress yeah. on. Um, and I remember the casting agent, like picking me out of the line being like, you, you're going to be next <gasps> out of the middle of the Oof. line. And she brought me to the front and I went in Amazing. and they were like, they were really excited and I was really excited. <laughs> You're like, what's going on? I was like, hey, I'm like, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming to yeah. Cleveland. And they asked me a couple questions. One of them was, um, when was the last time you had your heart broken? <laughs> and another one was, if you had one item, you know, that is represents who you are and is most meaningful, what would it be? And I always said my passport. Mm-hmm. And I said, because you know, my, I live far away from my family, but with my passport, we always reconnect and it Mm -hmm. connects us and it holds all these memories of travels and good times. And I think they just really liked my answers and they were filming in three weeks. So they gave me a ticket and they said, we'd love for you to come out to LA. Crazy. And happened just like that. It was just like that. Did you understand the the magnitude, I guess, of what was going on or about to? Um, I didn't, I, (laughs) I, I always kind of, I don't overthink things. I just look at the little things. Like I never went into the audition being like, I'm going to be on the show. I was like, I'm just going to go into this audition and be present in this moment. And so when they gave me that ticket and like, you're the next round of auditions, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a flight. Like just look, (laughs) just being grateful for these little experience, little steps and not thinking about the big thing. Cause that could be really daunting and like, totally. Yeah. And you don't have control of that anyways. Right. So what I'm hearing is that like really enjoying those those really intimate details of your life and what's happening around you. Totally. Enjoying the process and the journey yeah. is what it's about. And yeah. just like where you are mm-hmm. in the moment, not overthinking yeah. the ending, but just thinking the step you're at now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. breaking down the pieces. Right. I love that you said that this morning, actually, uh, I remembered something I had learned. I tend to be an over planner or just thinker sometimes. And you just have to get back into the moment. And I was on this yoga retreat in January Wow! and the, the instructor said, learn how to embody the pose. Like what does embodying your position look like? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that has a lot of parallels and just like a metaphor to life. Like what does it mean to embody this moment? Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, so I just, I don't really remind me of that embodying yeah. that. And, and so when you went through the show, I bet you went on your own, like 
journey with yourself too, because you had a lot of time to yourself and just right. in this container. Yes. So what was that self like growth, any challenges you faced? Um, I always say that the bachelor was like one of the best experiences of my life. If anyone can audition for the show, I highly recommend it. And it's not because you get to be on TV. I did, when I went on social media, really wasn't a thing. The reason why it was so impactful for me in my life is because it was three months of filming where they take away your phone. You didn't have Wi-Fi, internet, laptop, computers, or clocks. And so you were detached from the world. And every day it was like that childlike innocence when we were kids Mm. where you wake up and you're like, ah, it's a beautiful day. Wow. You know, like, what am I grateful for? What is like, there are no worries. And and you just, (laughs) there really weren't because you didn't have to, um, you, you weren't distracted or disconnected and yeah. there wasn't part of you missing. And so I always felt like that was one of the most rewarding mm-hmm. moments. And so if you ever have the opportunity to detach from the world, I think wow. it's healthy for everyone to do it once a year, at least definitely, even for a weekend. But, um, wait, yeah. what was the question? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I any, thought that that was rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And any like lessons, you oh, lessons. yourself yes. or just in process? Um, I think one of the deepest things that, um, one of my hardest times came after the show. Um, I filmed the bachelor for three months and then I went on paradise, which is a sequel to the bachelor. And it's where 10 guys and 10 girls are at a beach and you try and find love, but it's, you can do it with anybody. And when I filmed paradise, I wasn't the best version of myself. And I remember, being in this kind of confusing relationship time where I felt like I was just trying to survive. I was Mm -hmm. in survival mode. And I think the reason why is because since I had just come off a different show, I felt like other people were telling me who I was Mm -hmm. telling me my narrative. And, and I kind of was lost from that. And also my reality was distorted. I thought that this person I was seeing liked me back. I thought this relationship I was in was mutual mutual and real. And then watching it back, it was all a lie. And so I really went into the second season of a show wondering if everything was a lie Mm -hmm. and not really knowing who I was. And it put me into a really dark place after Mm. where I felt alone and I felt no one understood who I was. I felt like every relationship I was in was, wasn't authentic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the the morals and the foundation that I thought I had, um, I had lost. Mm -hmm. And for like six or eight months, I went into this really blue period. I don't like to say like the D word. Um, but I got into a blue period where I moved to New York on my own to find myself, but I found myself even more alone. Mm. I wouldn't leave the bed. My my bed in my studio apartment that was like 300 square feet. I wouldn't leave it for like probably five days at a time and just be sad. Mm -hmm. And, and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I think it was because I had perpetuated and let other people define who I was instead of trying to find it myself. Yeah. I remember actually, cause like I told you, I followed your journey and, and yeah. your New York season, which is, was your single season. My single season. And it was yeah. Like, yes, like single yes. girl, like independent, which is kind of like what I'm in right now too. But like, there are those, um, especially following something like that, mm-hmm. you would think like, let's go full throttle in the single fun, like empowered life. But like, right. there were some things that you were having to heal and reckon with yourself Totally. Um, and I think so many women can relate to, to that kind of period of like, you know, I should be putting myself out there more and I should be feeling more empowered and and knowing myself. But right now I I just can't get out of bed or, um, you know, a lot of hard things. And how did you like overcome that over time? Like what were some, I guess, conversations with yourself you had to have? I think to get out of that darkness and that, that sad state, I took a pause Mm -hmm. and started to journal. 
I think that that was the best therapy. Oh, I would journey. write down my sadness because I, I felt like no one was acknowledging it, but also mm-hmm. I was alone. So who would acknowledge it? So putting it down into a place felt like I was honoring the feelings and the emotions. And I would just journal every day for weeks until I felt like I, I wasn't as sad as anymore. Mm. And then I decided to create a single girl's bucket list and to commit myself to not dating and to doing things that I had always dreamed of for me. And I wrote down like six or eight things that I'd always dreamt of doing and trying for the first time, like running a half marathon or solo travel, even if it was a weekend. And, and each time I would check a thing off or reestablishing my relationship with my brother, I didn't have a good relationship Mm. with him. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to like really connect with him. Why don't I dedicate time to that? And so I would slowly like find myself Mm -hmm. in fulfilling these things that I felt like represented who I was, if that makes sense. Yeah. It sounds like you were learning to fall back in love with yourself. 100%. Through the things that you loved around you. Yes. Um, I can relate so much to that journey or like this period because I got out of a long-term relationship a year ago and I was like, okay, let's go full send crystal. Like we're going to be this badass empowered. And I think that's actually why I had to retreat in January. So I was like going, going, going like wanting to grow my stuff and like prove to right. the world that I was like out here, you know? And then I, I think I had a moment of, of like getting so closed in. Like I felt like my body was kind of like closing in on itself. Yeah. And what I felt was that like, you need to pause and just really take time to heal or for us. And, mm-hmm. and before you go out into the world, mm-hmm. like be here for you first. hundred percent. You know? And so I love that you mentioned journaling because especially with like production or content creation, mm-hmm. as much as you are connecting with masses of people like you are or a community digitally in real life, it can get pretty lonely sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, and like journaling or hearing yourself, I think it allows you to, to speak your truth to only the person that really understands what's happening, which is yourself. <laughs> yes. Right? 100%. Yeah. So it's like letting yourself be heard. Um, and so thank you for sharing that journey and like blue period. I love that. I know. I don't like seeing dark period. I know. Or like, like depression. Like, like, I don't know. Okay. I yeah. don't, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like that really represented. It was just right. a blue period. And yeah. I like to speak in colors. So yes. like there's, I love that. There's different emotions, different <laughs> feelings. And the thing is you should color with them all. And like, yes. it's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel these yeah. things. Um, it's just honor the feeling and then learn from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where do you feel like there was a pivot point? Obviously you, you did the bucket list. You started yeah. to build a relationship and trust with yourself. I feel like that's what a lot of what it is. It's like just having trust with yourself again. Totally. Um, where do you think there was a pivot to regaining your own identity, your own reality and your own like ownership, I guess, into your life and where things maybe started taking off for the better? Um, I think it was like halfway through or like maybe at the end of that mm-hmm. period of singleness where I had dedicated six months being single. And I think there was a, a shift in my soul where I looked at being single as, as a good thing. I hate, mm-hmm. I hate to say that I was that girl, but I was that girl that really defined happiness as being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And until I was like, I accepted, you know what, if I was single the rest of my life, I would be completely happy. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened because I allowed myself to find joy in life, just being with me, Mm -hmm. you know, finding joy and being alone with yourself is so important. And, and that's why, you know, after that I did meet Nick, um, but he doesn't fulfill me. He, I am happy on my own as an independent person. And we just find even more joy together. together yeah. We're both very independent people. Yeah. And I think that I had to find that independence mm-hmm. first. Absolutely. And so that was the pivotal moment living in New York and just finding my own identity. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like not completing each other as much as you are just partnering in there together, complimenting each other. Yes. Yeah. So, Oh, and I, I love, um, 
meat cutes. Is that the yes, word? Yes. Yeah. Meat cutes. I am a sucker for like, me I feel too. like everyone like meets on a dating app now. So whenever I hear I like a really good, like met in real life through another person or like at the <laughs> coffee shop kind of stories, I'm like, tell all. I know. I know. Yeah. So you want me to dish? Um, <laughs> So Nick and I were set up by Olivia Rink, which is a blo- she's a blogger. She's a mutual friend. Her and her boyfriend had been trying to get us together for years. Oh, really? Yes. They had tried to get us a year before together a year before that. She was like, there's this guy in New York. You have to meet him. And I was like, nah. So they kept trying and trying. And finally, um, after a ton of time, we both agreed to meet at a bar called the Wren in downtown New York. Mm. And I remember like it's slow motion, him <laughs> walking through the crowd. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is so smoking hot. <laughs> Kayla, don't say anything stupid. Don't say anything stupid. Cause I'm like goofy and quirky. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, I'm going to mess this up, right. but I played it really cool. And yeah. it was with a bunch of girlfriends. And okay. what really stood out was he introduced himself to everyone else mm. and saved me for last. Mm. And cause he wanted to talk to me after. Oh. And I just thought that was like a Midwest gentleman mm-hmm. thing I noticed. Boy? He's a Midwestern guy. They're so sweet. And they I are. feel like that's what I need to date now. I think like, you should. I'm just like. I'm or just, Canadian. Or just Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all. Yeah. Gentlemen. Yeah. Gentlemen, sweet, like morals and just like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I really connected mm-hmm. with it. So um, yeah, I'll never forget. Oh. And then we went out dancing to this nightclub yeah. called Acme and then oh, had God, a dance floor makeout and. <laughs> And the uh, rest is and I hooked him. <laughs> oh my gosh. And now we're here. In the yes. House. Five years later. Oh my gosh. Love that. Do you feel like you would ever had to like shift what you thought you wanted or your type or, um, I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, okay, right. I always go for the same things. And I know. Clearly that's not working out. And yeah. I had someone advise me like, Hey, why don't you just like be open and shift like what you think it needs to look like? Right. And, you know, and I, I'm not trying to like impose that no, experience no, for no, you no. or like, but is that something that you might have had to do either with this or at some point of your life? Yeah. I think, um, when it comes to dating, mm-hmm. the mindset that I had to change mm-hmm. wasn't really who I was looking for, but how I found them. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in signs and fate. Yeah. And so in my past relationships, how I met the people, I always was like, Oh my gosh, it's so this funny. isn't, the yeah. story's so good. Like <laughs> That's how I- the person before I met Nick, I met him on an airplane. We sat oh next to each other. We talked for hours. Oh gosh, the perfect story. We didn't get each other's <laughs> phone number. And month later, months later, we ran into each other in the subway oh in Boston. God. You're like, this is, fate. and I was like, this is fate. And I tried to force a relationship mm-hmm. because of the story. And he, we had, we're different religions. He was Mormon mm-hmm. and I tried converting. And after trying to make this work, really? I was like, is it worth the story? <laughs> and it, it isn't. And just because you feel like it's forever. Sometimes people are meant to be in your life for a chapter, mm-hmm. learn from it and a season, mm-hmm. and then you grow from it. And mm-hmm. I'm happy that I let go because just because someone's a good person doesn't mean that they're your person. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is you're so mm-hmm. positive and I'm sure you yeah. want to fix people or you want to make it work. And you're like, yeah. but he's a good guy. Yeah. But just be, there's a lot of good guys right. out there. You don't right. have to marry all of them. Yeah. And I totally get you with like reading the signs. You're like, but the signs are like leading to signs. Like it should be this. But like no. it's fate. We both yeah. were there at this random place yeah. at the You're same like, time. What are the odds? You're like, just, just let it be. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would love to kind of shift. And before we recorded, you talked a lot about your mother and you're obviously really close with her. Yes. And how she, growing up, um, had sacrificed a lot of herself yeah. for others. And you have like a a tie through to your Filipino culture. I think like maybe through her, right? Um, and I, you like talked about always like giving yourself away and like not really talking about it much or like reflecting on it. And you see your mother as like such a different person now. Mm-hmm. Like, can you like talk more about that? Because I feel like a lot of us have moms that we know all the sacrifices they made and we're out here living our best life. I know. And I feel like a lot of us are starting to like really look back at this, this like woman in our life that you're like, you didn't get to have all those dreamy moments and like that season of singleness and getting to do all um, your dreams and um, you were really always sacrificing for everyone around you. 
And a lot of us want to kind of come home to, to that and who our mom is. And like, maybe like, how do we nurture our relationship with our moms to like start giving back in a way? Um, And I'm curious if that has been something in your life, like being close to their mom. Yeah. You know, that's a great question. (laughs) Mother daughter relationships are so complicated. Yeah. And I don't know about your mother, but yeah, I think I have to always, yeah. I look back when I rewind time and I think about what my mom went through and my mom doesn't really talk about it all the time, but she has brought it up. And my mom growing up when she was a younger girl was, you know, physically hurt by people. And I'm not going to elaborate because that's her own story, but I think about the woman she is now and I feel so just like in awe that she can let go of pain Mm. and that she can move on from sadness and that she can forgive people that are still in her life who might've hurt her. And my mom is a very calming force in my life and she And I do look at her as like the embodiment of forgiveness and growth as a person. Mm. So she used to be very quiet, very humble and listen and did what she was told. And it wasn't till later in life till she found her voice. And so I just Mm. am really proud of the woman that she blossomed into. And it gives me courage to be myself and she's, and, and, and find that. And, and I do always think about how I just want her to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, she spent her entire life sacrificing. She spent her entire life doing things for us kids, for her family, for her husband. And I'm like, mom, I just want you to find joy in the mm-hmm. everyday too. And I think all those years of sacrifice, sometimes she forgets to give that back to herself, give that back to herself. And Mm. as a daughter, I've learned that my role is to call her almost every day Mm. and just hear her, Mm. you know, and come with no judgment, you know, like my mom does. I love my mom to death. She does have a lot of advice. (laughs) Sometimes she's like, Kayla, did you eat too many cookies? Or like, are you you having rice with eggs for breakfast again? Because you might need to come back. And I love my mother and I know it comes from a good place, but I think just like asking her how she's doing, Mm -hmm. because for so many years, people didn't ask and honoring her as a person now is my role. And I think also, yeah, just not judging that she's different than I am mm. because I am a person where I said, okay, here's my 10 year plan. Here's where I want to yeah. be. This is what I want to do. And sometimes I think maybe my mom, maybe not all moms are like this, but my mom doesn't like say like, oh, this is what I want to do in 10 years. Mm-hmm. She just lives for the day yeah. and not judging who that is. Yeah. I think she just like lives a simpler life mm-hmm. and finds joy in like my mom lives in Florida and has papaya tree and I love papaya. a mango tree. And she just finds joy in making fruit salad yeah. and, and living the small moments in the everyday. Yeah. That's beautiful. I resonate with like wanting that for your mom to be like, now make your life about you. Like, right. you know, and she wants to be an interior designer. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, do you want to go back to school? Do you want me to create I an LLC? And my mom is like, no. <laughs> and I'm, and I can't judge that if she just yeah. wants to decorate her house. Right. Like that is right. great. Just let her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I do the same with my mom too. Yeah, like, yeah. Mom, it's your, like you have your whole yes. life ahead of you. Do you want me to help you start a business? I can help you yes. with an Instagram account. She's like, no, like, right. Right, right, right. You know, and, and I think I like that you suggested just, it's as simple as calling up your parent, um, whoever your parent is and hearing them and giving them space back to which they were not always asked these questions and like letting them talk. And sometimes we don't want to hear what they have to say, but, um, I think it know. is a respect thing. And I yeah. think it, it is, yeah. maybe it's cultural, but I feel like my family always taught me, you respect your elders and, Definitely. and, and, 
and the how you have to define how that mm-hmm. is for you. Mm-hmm. And I respect her by calling her and listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, you mentioned that there's a lot of like maybe interviews and talks that you've gotten to be on, but I like, hope, I think this is the first time you get to really like yeah. dive into just what being Filipina means and identity. Yeah. And how has that question played a role in your own journey? Is it something that you always asked or wanted to advocate around? Because personally for me, the irony of this podcast is that I'd never really felt proud and I didn't know if I needed to uh, like speak out about it or learn about my culture. And it came in later in my life for me where I did see that it was important. And I, I feel blessed to get to inspire, you know, a a movement of women wanting to step into their power and connect with their culture. But I'm curious how that played a role for you. I mean, when I got this, when we were connected, I did um, like feel this emotional wave come over me because Mm -hmm. no one ever asks, you know, about my background, about being Filipino, how I feel about it. And I think it is a big part of my identity and I want to talk about it more, but I never know if people want to listen. And unless people ask you about it, I don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm honored and really moved and grateful that you asked because I do love being Filipino and I love my mother and I attach the two so much. And so being able to advocate for a beautiful culture and country and food. I am honored any moment I get to talk about being Filipino. I love that. And thank you for doing that. You know, it's like, you don't understand all the, like that happens when you speak out and represent uh, our wonderful culture that I know that we all love so much. And we just want to like promote it more because I feel like the world is a better place if more of our like values and our ways are, are, you know, are spread. (laughs) And I think it's great when people are curious if, you know, a couple people try, you know, more food or, you know, branch out on designers or Mm. uh, or support, um, you know, Filipino creators. Um, I think it's amazing in businesses because there's so many opportunities there to spread the wealth and shine light on amazing Filipino Americans doing great things like you. Yes. Thank you. I have two more questions. Um, one being, you know, we have a lot of mixed Filipinas and I, I want to start giving room for that story also that there's people who have lived in the like the in-between. Right. And I take for granted how much I can just be like, oh, I'm, you know, full. Well, no one really is full Filipino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But just, you know, Filipino and and not having to like live in the two spaces all the time. And the more like, so I tune in with my community, there is, you know, some Hapas or half Filipinos that say like, you know, growing up, it was always hard to be not one or the other. And, you know, I don't know if I am allowed to like fully identify as Filipino. I'm like, no, you are absolutely. Like, I'm sorry you ever had to feel that you weren't Filipino enough, but it, it does make me reflect on like that mixed experience. And I wanted to know if there was something that you wanted to talk about um, being like a half Filipino and especially for our listeners who are half Filipino. Um, I, I kind of love Yeah. I love being happy. Yeah. I think that's what I identify as. I don't identify as like missing something here and missing something here. I think the happiness is so cool. You're a bridge between two yes. cultures. And I do think that it allows you to start conversations that really couldn't have happened otherwise and puts you in different rooms right. um, that bridges opportunities for those who are full, um, maybe, yeah. you know, in certain <laughs> circumstances. But I... Yeah, being a happy, I I feel like in New York it really came out, mm. you know, more because I feel like it is a melting pot, right? And I feel like if you are a happy, I think just exploring both mm-hmm. and kind of, I feel like the whole thing is like you feel pulled in two directions is what a a common feeling is when I talk to other halfies. And for me, I think that it's, I I don't know. I think just educating yourself on both and, um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 And just like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, being yourself and, and 
taking the beautiful things from both is what mm-hmm. makes you whole. And, Absolutely. and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I can speak to that. of just even being Filipina American. Sometimes I'm like, right. Oh, I feel so bad. Cause I, I don't know if I feel connected to the motherland anymore. Right. Um, but I, don't really say like, I'm just full on American here, but it's, it's the combination of you that makes it beautiful. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And lastly, you know, if something I really love to ask is if you can go back to a certain time of your life, a certain age of Kayla Whoa. <laughs> and give her advice as an ate. <laughs> yes. As a big sister. Yeah. Um, where would you go back to? What was Kayla doing? What was she going through? And what would you say to her? You know, okay. Mm -hmm. If I could go back in time. So I moved 12 times as a kid. I went to four high schools. I moved a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think I, I always just detached myself from making connections. And what I would tell myself going back to high school and back then is like, it's okay to dive deep and, and connect with people and show them who you really are. Mm. I think I'm always afraid to show my full self because I don't think that everyone will connect with it. But anyway, the people who are meant to be in your life will stick around and those who aren't meant for you will move on. And that's okay. That's so beautiful. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. This was a lovely chat. Yeah. Salama po. I know. Oh my gosh. My birthday. <laughs> yeah. I had to think about that, bro. I was like, no, no, you're great. No. Thank you so much, Kayla. This has like been such a meaningful conversation. And I really want to commend you for always putting yourself out there. And you, I don't know if you see it, but you always do show up so authentically. I, I think it's been one of my favorite things about watching your journey is that like of all the different personalities that people be online, offline. I just feel like you've always been unapologetically yourself, your energy. It's an energy I can relate to. Thank you. And like, you don't, you never like suppressed it or tried to fix it. You're just like, if Kayla can be authentically exuberant and just, you know, say the silly things and quirky, like it gives all of us more space to breathe and say like, we can be that too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so thank you so much and for coming on. And um, yeah, this really meant a lot. So thank you. Appreciate it, Crystal. Thank <laughs> you so much. And I will see you guys soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.